Hi everyone, Sam here. Just before this episode of the podcast starts, I'd just like to give a shout out to every single person who's completed the CritCast survey so far. Um, It's a way of the CritCast community letting me know what they would like to see, hear or do in a Critcast pod and moving forward because for myself um, I've been doing this for you know about a year and a half now um, and it's been an incredible journey spoke to probably over a hundred athletes that are competing on the world stage and just really got a, a more personal insight and the feedback so far has been fantastic and even some of the the changes and the updates that can be made I'm already trying to implement so getting new guests on getting um, a different range of guests as well and making sure that we get to a point where we're growing athletics as a whole and I still want to have that positive spin on it so a lot of our media outlets that we see you know I've seen it firsthand at the British champs we've got a lot of um, negativity in the world of athletics because naturally that's how the news is but I feel that we can almost create this revolution on um, you know social media on Instagram where we've got the younger generation of people that are really interested firstly in the sport but also in the personal sides and the positive stories that people have to talk about so there is a survey and so you can go to the link in Critcast pod bio on Instagram and just click that there it will take about four minutes to fill out um, and I'd really appreciate your feedback because the more feedback I get the more I can try and implement things that I know people will want and we've got over 1600 followers on the Instagram account now and I just want to push it out even more so creating um, this community is is something that I really want to do putting on events in itself and I've got some big ideas for up and coming championships and things like that where we can get supporters involved and we can we can narrow the gap between the amateur and that elite sport as well so enough from me um enjoy this episode of the podcast which is with lee thompson um i can't wait for you guys to hear what it's like to be an athlete in the olympic village right now they've been in the holding camp they they're now moving into the olympic village and lee was actually only a couple of hours away from finding out if he was going to get into the team for the mixed relay so really exciting news coming up for him and especially for a lot of the other other athletes that are involved and um, there's been some interesting stories that have come out already but overall there's not been too much said from the athletes themselves uh, and some of the you know conditions and and how they've been able to cope given the restrictions but i hope you enjoy this episode of the pod and please make sure to um, leave a review as well and go and check us out on social media. I hope you have a great day and I'll see you later. Hi everyone and welcome back to Critcast Pod. This is the podcast that offers the personal side behind the persona of world-leading athletes and performers. Uh, my name is Sam Crick and this week we've got an incredibly special guest. I do say it every week but this is the first edition that we have of our Olympic series. So Kenichiwa Lee Thompson, how are you? <laughs> I'm good mate, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm very well. Um, we had a chat just previously about, um, you know, you gave me a private room tour. Uh, I was buzzing with that because I was saying that we haven't really seen a lot from, you know, our point of view in terms of what's going on in Tokyo. So what would be really good? Uh, firstly, how is your uh, Japanese? Is it coming along well? Uh, no, I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> not at all but yeah everyone's uh everyone kind of speak english here so it's uh, uh we can get by uh, we're, we're just classic arrogant brits everyone else classic is Brit- brits abroad <laughs> it, is, it is literally <laughs> um but yeah it's a bit different to just a summer holiday obviously this is the olympics and i can't actually believe i'm saying that because last time we saw each other was at british champs before then was at watford i was at watford last night watching my brother race 
um saw Richard Whitehead as well did an interview of him I was like that's pretty cool and yeah. and you know now like you're on that stage where all eyes are going to be on you and you know all eyes in a sense of people watching on TV and things like that. How's the the sort of preparation been? And perhaps you can take us through that journey of, you know, of getting on the plane, getting to Tokyo, and then what's happened since then. And then we can talk about, you know, some of the things that you're looking forward to coming up. Yeah, sure. Like you said, it's still a bit like, um, it's still a bit surreal that I'm at the Olympics, but like a couple months ago, back in Watford, when we were speaking about the British trials and the final, and, and well, what basically was the final when we were at, when we was at Watford and we we're all just working towards this goal of being here. And now it's like here, it's a bit crazy, but yeah, it's going well so far. Yeah. The traveling bit, that was a bit manic. I think we traveled for, uh, it must've been about 20 hours, probably in total, 12 hour flight. And then all the testing and stuff when we got here. And so, yeah, well, it was very necessary as we've seen, like with the cases and stuff, but yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely been a bit manic adjusting to the jet lag and things like that. But the like team GB set up such a good camp in Yokohama for us to just go over there and adapt and, and get into like the right time zone and, and just prepare amazingly for the game. So I can't really not like the training camp over there. Obviously it's just a shame with COVID that we can't do anything else, like go around and see Tokyo and experience the games as we usually would be able to, but I suppose that's life right now, isn't it? So yeah, that's exactly it. And you know, you, yeah, you talk about the restrictions and things like that. Obviously, a lot of people were on like different flights as well. Um, so just interesting how that sort of dynamic works. So some people were sitting next to COVID spreaders and some people weren't. So it was uh, yeah. you know, interesting in that sense. Yeah, it's definitely it's such a shame for those guys that have had to isolate because it's, it's such a big part of the experience is to be able to socialise with like your teammates. And then when you come into the village like with other countries and, and that kind of drives like your experience and gives you that like push to go and compete as well so it's such a shame I felt bad when I was complaining about being stuck in the hotel when we was actually allowed out of the room because those guys were just in their room all day apart from when they were training so yeah it's such a shame for those and I obviously I'm more about the the positive side of things but I think some people will find it interesting to find out you know how little freedom you might have had in that period so could you tell us like how I guess how long each day were you actually allowed out of your room uh, and how long did you realistically spend either at the track or in in the room really oh you say you look on the positive side is it was still at the olympics so they've gone ahead and that's and this is why isn't it it's like the sacrifices you make to to be able to be an olympian so um in terms of like freedom and stuff there was like when when we was in the hotel there was like a balcony it was probably about 50 meters long where you could sit but you start to keep your mask on outside. And so you could go out there whenever you wanted. You can go and sit like in the lobby area of the hotel where no other people would be able to go. So just the people from Team GB. But you could go to training like uh, there was regular buses to train like every hour and back to the back to the hotel. So uh, whenever you wanted to schedule a session and you could just go down to the track there. So it wasn't like you was generally stuck in the hotel, but you didn't want to go down to the track and be stuck in the 33 degree heat if you didn't need to be kind of thing. Yeah, true. So yeah, when you was in the hotel and you was training in the evening, it's definitely a long day to wait around. But yeah, you just try and chat to different people if you're going about anywhere or you just get by, don't you? Like I said, it's just yeah, the sacrifices you make to be able to to be able to compete at the Olympics. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things that I've seen that I've really loved um, is some of the kit that you guys have got, but not just like kit. Like usually you get, you know, kit drops, you get socks and hats and, you know, like, I don't know, I'd saw Clayton Murphy's um youtube video and he got a beanie and i was like i don't think he's gonna be wearing that um, <laughs> yeah yeah like a like a running beanie which is an interesting um uh inclusion he's got a bucket hat a bucket hat i mean i am yeah. obsessed with the bucket hats like i just i want one so bad <laughs> Mate, i'm not gonna wear mine so i might have to send it to you when i get yeah good man love it love it um 
yeah so so what are the the special items that you might receive in a kit drop that you may not have received in your you know classic gb kit that you go to for european indoors or, or maybe a team champs well when we went to the kitting out there we got a we got a suit which was nothing we expected. Uh, I had to message someone to see if we had to bring the suit, but apparently we didn't. So no good. way. Yeah. You didn't even need <laughs> it. <laughs> suit, suit and like a brand new fresh pair of uh, brogues. So apparently it's for like, if we have any like events afterwards, we can wear it and stuff like that, which is cool. <laughs> nice. But yeah, we got the opening and closing ceremony stuff, which was the Ben, which was the Ben Sherman. I think we even got like golf shorts and, and the polo and stuff. So might have to give that to do my dad because I'm not golf? a golfer. Do you play golf? <laughs> no. No, no. My dad plays golf, so I might have to give him them. Well, <laughs> yeah, like you said, Christmas you just get present. that's Christmas yeah. present sorted, isn't it? <laughs> you just get an unreal amount of kit, and it's like um, I think because I've been on previous trips, I've realised that you don't need to bring all the stuff, so I've not brought right. it all. But you did get three cases when you were travelling over, so I could have. It's madness how much you got, mate. To be honest, wow, incredible! And obviously, you had like all of your hair dryers and hair products as well. That was obviously a massive, massive part of it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Love it. And you even got a, a mobile phone. Is that right? We did, yeah. One second, I'll try and find it. I was wondering you if the, you, uh... you were doing the uh, recording on that on that phone. Yeah, unreal. I mean, I somewhere. saw it. I think I first saw it, maybe it was Cameron Chalmers, and then everyone put it up. And yeah, I mean, those that can yeah. see on the camera, I'll put it on the Instagram. But a Samsung phone that looks quality in royal blue you've got oh. the olympic rings on the back i know it's class isn't it olympic rings on the back it's just like a great memento for it isn't it so yeah and, and i think also like, like you said it's about that experience and sometimes it, it's not you know you're not going to get kit just specifically to your own event like you know for you obviously you're not going to be playing any golf out there and you know would you need a mobile phone possibly not most people have one but you know it's that, that added value that's going to add to the experience and it might actually be more of a talking point than um, perhaps even some of the the memories that you create on the track, but hopefully those those memories will come. And, and tomorrow you guys are going to be competing in um, you know that that first heat um, in the four by four. And so for you then in in the next sort of couple of hours, what what happens from now? Because you know you've got more than four people in the team. So could you explain how that sort of selection process might work? For those that that don't know. Yeah, so we've got five lads in the team. I think there's nine girls as well, to be honest. So there's quite a lot to choose from. I'm, I'm glad I've not got uh, the coach's job of selecting the squad because it sounds difficult. But yeah, five lads to choose from um, and only two can run, but you can completely swap out the team between the heats and the finals. So technically you could oh, run wow. four people in the whole competition if you wanted to. So yeah, between now and then, we literally just chilling today, did a little bit of stretching and mo- uh, um, mobility and activation stuff earlier. But we've got a team meeting at 8pm tonight to tell us a squad. So we find out tonight and then we, we're not allowed to say anything until it's announced tomorrow, I believe. So, so yeah, yeah keep, I think, keep in stem. <laughs> yeah, so they select the two people that are running and they'll say like one person is going to be reserved just in case of injuries and things. So, But um, we'll probably all just go down and do a warm up anyway and just be ready for any case and just support the lads that are supposed to be running and just do anything that they need uh, and just be there as a team that's so true I mean it is the team atmosphere and yes people may see athletics as an individual sport um, because you know often you are competing for yourself but at the end of the day with the relay um, you know it comes down to not only the fact that you're representing GB but the fact that you're um, also representing that team as well so so for the the one person that might not be lucky enough to get into the heat or perhaps the the final for the team 
what is what is their role from that point? There's still a massive part of the squad. They're still there to um, support the boys. Um, you can't you can't be like a, a a negative energy around the team. You've still got to be there to like project the positive vibes and, and just do the most you can to help the squad do the best that they can. And you just got to pick yourself back up because the following weekend is a men's relay as well. So anything can happen between now and then. Uh, we still don't know who's going to be running the men's as well. That's going to be the night before. So there's another week until that happens. And just make sure you're ready for for it in any case, whatever happens kind of thing. Definitely. And have you ever competed in the mixed relay before? I've done, I think I did world relays and that was the first time I did it. Um, yeah. So we did the heat in the final there. I think we came fifth in the end. So we didn't do too bad. But I think it's quite a nice addition as well. And it's it's good um, innovation to show what could be done with, um, you know, with a bit of creativity and actually adding something to, to the event itself. Sometimes you see some of those, some teams, you know, either front load it and actually switch around the order. Um, obviously, there's a there's a particular order that, that people usually go in. They go male, female, female, male. Um, but some people yeah. just switch that up, right? So it will be interesting to see who does what because often, well, sometimes they front load it or they put a woman first, yeah. then then man, then woman, then man or whatever. So um, it's quite yeah. Definitely, it's definitely exciting when someone does something different. So, if anyone wants to go and watch in from the World Championships in 2019 in Doha, the Polish team did a different uh, formation than everybody else, and it nearly paid off for them. But it was quite a good race to watch. So, yeah, definitely watch that back if anyone's got time to watch that because it shows you just how interesting it can be. Absolutely, and we've already talked about the importance of the team. Um, we've we talked about how you've already interacted with you know a few of the athletes. Um, in your sort of like accommodation, you've now moved from the um, the holding camp to the Olympic Village. Firstly, on that, um, how was that transition? Because I think a lot of people were saying, you know, like cardboard beds or something to start with. Um, but now you're in slightly uh, higher class accommodation. <laughs> well, we was in the, we was in a five star hotel in Yokohama. So, oh right, um, okay. we had it nice over there. Oh right, um, shit. okay, is it opposite. <laughs> but then it is the it's the cardboard beds here. Oh, got it, got it. But they're um, yeah, they're pretty sturdy to be honest. I've uh, I've jumped on it and they and they were fine. So um, and we got the we got like test. additional yeah we got additional mattress toppers and then like um, new pillows from I think Team GB sorted it from Dreams. So they've, they've kitted us out with the beds as well. But yeah, we can't complain with the accommodation, mate. It's uh, it is what it is. We're just here to do a job at the end of the day, aren't we? So absolutely. And and so the lads that are in your um in your block then. So who have you got? sort of in and around you in that in that sort of living space yeah so there's uh in one apartment there's uh eight people in rooms of two so there's me and cam in uh, one room there's harry Coppel and joe Breyer in another there's jake haywood and oliver dustin in another and mark scott and zach Seddon in the other nice so yeah and i think um because some of them are sort of competing at the same time obviously like different events and things like that um but perhaps they just match you up sort of like I don't know if they match you up with pals, but obviously you're, you're good mates with Cameron anyway. So that's probably worked out quite yeah, well. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I think for some, obviously me and Cameron are the same event. So that's probably why it's worked out as well. But for like, I know Tom Gale was with Dave King and now he's with Lauren Sequoia. And I think it's something to do with the timing of when you're competing as well. Right, okay. Because there's, um, there's some people that are, not, that are not even with people in athletics. There's people that were with people from swimming and things like that. So, oh, no way. All right. Yeah. So that'd be interesting as well. You get to see like a, you get to uh, interact with different sports and yeah, definitely to them as well. But, and, and with the swimmers, they're training like all the time. So I, I, yeah. I assume like even with the athletes, obviously you'll probably, you know, go down to training and do, do your session, but the swimmers are always on it. Uh, I can't imagine yeah. being a triathlete. Like that would be, that would be mental. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I know. It'd be wicked to be with Alex G though after what he did. In the oh time. my god! I mean, Smash I watched it. it. I watched it live. Um, I was literally in. Uh, I was literally watching it in bed, to be honest. Um, and yeah. you know, not not too professional setup. But yeah, I mean, unbelievable. And to be honest, I think um, like something was. Uh, I, I knew that obviously Alex was in incredible shape. I'd seen that he'd won a couple of like tri series and things like that. But I don't know what it was. But I genuinely didn't think that he would be like a medal hope. Um, and I don't know if yeah. that's because of the sort of buzz and the noise around it and you've got Alistair Brownlee in you know in that space as well and obviously he's a massive name so I don't think we heard too much about Alex but for him to come through uh, and win that like your reaction as well because it was um were you able to watch it all together or at least a couple uh, of not all together it was like early morning here so we were just watching okay. it in the room before we headed down to breakfast but yeah but we've interesting fact is we've seen Alistair Brownlee just outside the dinner hall the last few days because he's campaigning to be on the IOC Athletes Commission. Oh, no way. And oh, so, cool. and so uh, he's just been outside getting people to try and vote for him when you go inside. So, yeah, met him for the first time there. I think he's a double gold medalist and then just wandering around the village. It's kind of Love it. a bit crazy. Yeah, I mean, that is that is unreal. Um, that is brilliant. And and also, um, uh, Harry Koppel, you talked about the fact that he's sort of in your uh, in your space at the moment. He had a bit of a, a, bit of an accident, didn't he? <laughs> I did see, uh, I mean, most of this, literally none of this is on like main media. It's all just on Instagram. So got to sort of keep up with it there. But experience with him, he he knocked his teeth out. (laughs) He did, yeah. It was like his second or something day and yeah, doing a vault and the pole came down and hit him in the teeth and cracked one of his tooth, one of his teeth and one knocked out. So, Oh my God. um, But yeah, I think he's got him temporarily fixed now. So he looks, he looks like he's got like proper teeth again and then he's going to get him sort of when he gets back to the UK. But he uh, he did get reposted on BBC Sport and gained like a lot of followers. So it's nice. all positive, mate. Result, result. And uh, <laughs> did he get any endorsements from it? Any uh, sort of sponsorship outside of that? I don't know about that. I know he got a free toothbrush from the dentist over there. <laughs> £300 toothbrush. So if you ask me, mate, he's done well out of it. Yeah, he's done well out of it. <laughs> I mean, and sometimes, you know, you think about what can I do to prepare for this Olympic Games? I don't think getting your teeth like you know put back in is maybe one of yeah. them um but you know I, yeah i don't know but i don't think much will affect these pole vaulters they're uh, i think they've made us something different aren't they so completely completely and uh you know we're massively supportive of, of of the games and we're really excited to sort of kick it off really obviously you're competing tomorrow um, but there's also been really good support from um like the tokyo fans and some of the tokyo um staff that that have been there and apparently you know when you get off the the bus into the hotel there's been people there pretty much every day just sort of welcoming you i know you've you've been uh, filming it and sort of you know waving back etc yeah, it's good to like kind of document it so people at home can kind of experience it as well. But we made we made jokes every day when we got off the bus because they never left; they just stayed there all night. And just <laughs> the next morning, they're just still waving. It. But yeah, the Japanese people have just been like unbelievably like kind and and they've just it couldn't help you enough kind of thing. So it's been amazing. And even when you're driving about on the bus and you see people in the street, they're always waving at the bus and like, we wave back and stuff. So That's it's, awesome. Uh, it's it's a bit nuts, mate. I don't know if it happens in the in in the UK. I think we're all a bit stubborn. We just sort of get our head down and just walk on. But uh, yeah, I think these these guys are completely different. Yeah, exactly. Right. Love it. And so moving forward as well. I mean, you've obviously got um, you're going to be hopefully competing a lot. And for you, is there any events that you're really looking forward to or watch so far that that has um, sort of inspired you and and getting you ready to to compete yourself? Mate, there's there's an unbelievable amount. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of events. Uh, what I want to watch to be honest and it, it varies from like uh, 
you've got all the sprint events, obviously, because I'm a sprinter. Um, the men's 400 is probably up there. Men's four hurdles, definitely up there. Hopefully, we get to see another world record. Yeah. And in the women's four hurdles as well. I could reel them off as the men's eight, the women's eight, the women's 15, the men's 15. Just all, all the way up. Them, so. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully I get to go and watch a few, but it's the fine balance of uh, of having enough rest to perform well and also being able to experience the games as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, really excited for it, Lee, and especially, um, you know, as I think the first time that we spoke, you were sort of, you know, on the edge of getting to the European indoors and you got there and, and then, you know, we had that sort of team atmosphere of winning that bronze medal at, at the European Indoor Championship. So, that must give you real confidence going in. Um, and I can't wait personally to, to watch it, um, depending on what time it is, to be honest. I'll probably set some alarms, um, but excited for We're it. all good, mate. We're, we're going to be midday in the UK, so you've got no excuse. Cool. I'll, be, I'll probably be up for that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it will be good. But yeah, Lee Thompson, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on the podcast. And um, for those that don't already follow you on socials, because I know that um, you're, you're really good with the content on there. Um, what's your social media handles? Uh, yeah, so my Twitter is at Lee Tomps with two S's and underscore at the end. And then my Instagram is just at Lee Tomps again with two S's. So Lee, thank you so much. Um, I can't actually believe that you're at the Olympic Games um, and, you know, I'm Me talking neither. to you there. Um, it's it's absolutely incredible. So good luck tonight with the selection. Um, hopefully we'll, we'll exchange a few WhatsApp messages back and forth. Um, but then, yeah, best of luck in the Games and, and enjoy it as much as possible. Much appreciated, mate. Pleasure to chat to you as always. Thanks, Lee. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast with me, Sam Crick, and our very special guest. If you enjoyed this episode of the pod, please make sure to give it a rate and a review on your podcasting platforms and head to Instagram uh, and follow CrickCastPod. We've got loads of exciting interviews uh, that are being posted pretty much every week and uh, lots of exciting work coming up in the pipeline. There is a survey that you can fill out. It's called the CrickCast survey, and it gives you an opportunity to let me know what you like about the podcast and perhaps what you'd like to see more of. Have a great day, and I look forward to hearing all your feedback in that survey, which is in the link of my bio at CrickCastPod on Instagram.